Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hello, good day, welcome. Come on in. I never know how to start this stupid thing, so I just say awkward things until I feel like I can go, okay, let's dive in. Okay, let's dive in. I I have struggled <laughs> in the last year in a bit um, with being put out of work, trying to be a working mom, and not being allowed, basically. The world has been like, no, you must sit down and stop using your brain. And that has been tough. And it's been tough in particular when I see other women and specifically other moms and specifically, specifically other moms with young children who are working in their careers and getting promotions. And I'm over here like, huh. I guess I'll just make more sandwiches. Oh, it is painful. It is painful. And I I wanted to talk about this because I think this is pretty normal. I feel like this is pretty common. Probably everybody is experiencing some level of jealousy and envy at this point or has experienced it throughout this pandemic specifically because everybody's experiences are so vastly different depending on your situation and um, your personal dynamic and all those things. And we're, we're, I don't know, it's just, it's very strange to me. Everything seems so visible. Um, It seems, but only only really the stuff that's positive. You know what I mean? Like people aren't really going on social media whining about their lives so much. I mean, they are, but they're not also. And sometimes when you are feeling a little down, you only really notice the things or you notice more of the things that are super positive in other people's lives. And then you start comparing yourself against it. And that's really a dangerous place to be. Um, and I've definitely been there. Um, I, okay, so I'm going to tell you a little anecdote. This is a, a specific experience that I had. And this is actually, I'm going to say, this is the moment when I kind of realized that I needed to reach out to my therapist to talk about this stuff because it was such a problem for me. So uh, I'm on a committee with my with my employer, which is great. I get paid like pennies to do it, and it's fine because I get to use my brain. So I'm like, whatever, I'll I'll do it for your pennies. Just give me something to do. Anyway, so I work on the committee, and we've had a little turnover. It's been it's been almost a year now doing this committee, and um, so yeah, we've had a little turnover. We had another girl join who's great. I really like her. She's approximately my age. She has a three-year-old. Um, and she has been working for the company for approximately the same number of years as I have, but she was hired into a permanent office position out of doing having done field work for years at the same time that I was hired as a field technician. So she was already kind of like outranking me anyway. And, um, so anyway, again, she's a lovely woman. 
I enjoyed working with her. She's ended up actually having to step off of the committee again now because uh, she got promoted. And this is the thing that happened. Uh, We were in a meeting one day and it came up that she was promoted. And I... I kind of blacked out, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't even really remember what happened, but my brain was like, like the, the circuits were shorting because I was, I'm still so raw about the fact that I've not been able to work or progress in my career for over 12 months now. And it is painful. In particular, it's painful because... Coming into March of 2020, I had a vision for what my life was going to look like going forward. And the vision was that I was going to go headlong into my career job. I was going to commit to it. I was going to do it. I was going to set boundaries for myself so that I wasn't being overworked, but I could still do the career and the mom thing. And I was like really, really ready to go, right? Because I don't know, I I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but to review, to refresh, um, in September of 2019, I left my field job because Emily was starting school. And at that time in the field, uh, I had been working almost exclusively out of town, which was a lot for our family. It was a lot. Um, And I didn't have any intention of doing that anymore. And the company wasn't sure that they were going to have work for the fall that was local. And at the very least, it was going to be quote unquote local, but it was going to be still pretty far away. So it would be like hours of commuting every day and then eight hour days and all of that. So it felt very overwhelming to continue doing the field job while my kid was starting school, especially because Emmeline didn't really ever go to like a formal childcare situation. Like she didn't have a strong, you know, so like socialization experience in an institutional way prior to school. So I was just concerned that she was going to be overwhelmed. And by having to have her essentially in before and after school care plus school, it's going to be like 10 hour days for her at an institution. It felt like too much. I wasn't willing to go there. So September of 2019, I stepped out of that job. I went back to my retail job in local Hamilton selling shoes for a bit just so I could get my my shit together, make sure that things were good for her. I was home and available. You know, my hours kind of sucked, but at least like I could get home in 15 minutes flat. Um, and I wasn't, and my hours were consistent. I knew I had work, like that was all good. Uh, but <laughs> I, was, I did that job for like six months and I was like, oh yeah, I remember why I hated this so much. And I feel useless. And again, like I need to be challenged to a certain extent. So I was like, I need to go back to my regular job. Plus, I was finishing the master's degree at the beginning of April of 2020. So I felt like I was alleviating that stress because that was a whole other thing in itself too, was like trying to finish that master's degree while working and and all that stuff. That was hard. So it felt like I was I was exiting one era and I was about to enter the next, which the next was like the career move, right? Like I was going to do it. <laughs> you can probably tell by the, the, the cadence of my voice that I was really amped to go back to my regular job, to commit to it, to, to do the thing 
to be the working mom, but have the balance of life. And I had worked it out with HR and everything, right? Like they were on board with what I was going to be doing. I was going to do my thing. I didn't even want to get promoted at that point because I was happy just to uh, keep doing the field teching thing for a little bit longer until I felt ready to take on that next level of leadership, uh, all of that. (laughs) So when the world came crashing down in the middle of March, um, it it was very, very, very hard. It was very hard um, to have my jobs ripped away, uh, to still finish the master's. Thank goodness it got done. Well, I think I said recently that (laughs) I got a couple edits left, but still, it's done. Um, And so that alleviated, again, that that stress of the, the master's. And my kids were old enough that I felt confident that I could start entering the workforce at a more full capacity. And um, yeah, so having that opportunity stripped away really did me in. And and again, like I'm, I'm, I still struggle with it. I'm still struggling because I lost a year of my career, of, of building my career and, and um, feeling valued and valuable. And like I, you know, I could contribute something uh, and make myself feel good because um, I, I did the stay-at-home mom thing, and I loved it when my kids were babies. I don't love staying home with young children. They're kind of assholes sometimes, and it's a thankless job, and I don't particularly want it. Not full-time, not 24-7. I don't think anybody does, really. Maybe maybe select few people are, like, martyrs and are okay with it, but I am not. And so so I cause sometimes I think, like, well, if I'd been... If, if the opportunity had been stripped away, but something else had been put in its place that maybe, or maybe it would have opened opportunities to do different things, like that might have been okay. But the fact that I couldn't work at all because I had to take care of the two kids and be home 24-7, and again, just like make sandwiches all the time, it was a lot. And I, I yeah, it, it, it was a lot for me. And again, like I am a career-minded person. I've worked hard over the last few years to maintain myself in a job of some kind related to my field. So I never really fully gave up my my work with having little kids. And I feel like I I feel that I balanced it pretty well. People may feel differently looking from the outside in, but from the inside out, <laughs> I feel very good about, about how things have played out. I haven't produced a ton of income, uh, that's for sure, but... I have positioned myself, I feel, well to be able to just sort of step back into the career without a lot of encumberment, right? But coronavirus is that encumberment that I didn't see coming. <laughs> and yeah, so I was like, oh, well, damn. And yeah, so, but that, because of the fact that I was, the, the world told me what was going to happen. I didn't have any choice or control over any of it. When I've seen other women who are progressing in their careers, and again, very specifically women, mothers, mothers of young children, seeing them progress through their careers has been very hard for me. I hate the fact that I have had a very hard time feeling happy for other people in that situation because 
I don't get to have that. Not because I'm not working, like not not for any fault of my own, which is, I don't know if that's worse or if it would be worse if I was holding myself back. I have been the person who's held myself back and then felt jealous of other people who get ahead. Um, and that sucks too, but I feel like this feels worse. I feel like it's, it's difficult to even express how terrible it feels to know that you have potential, that you have value, that you could theoretically do something great, but it's like the, the, the world has clipped your wings. And, you know, I don't resent my kids in any way. I don't resent my family in any way. Um, I don't feel any necessarily any of those negative feelings. So I feel like that's good. I think in a way it, it would be worse if I did resent my family. Um, I accept the situation for what it is, but I'm not super happy about other people getting ahead <laughs> while I'm staying stagnant. Um, and yeah, so like I said, like this, this situation with this other girl at my, at my employee at the company I work for, her getting promoted during this whole time. And I'm going to be honest, you know, sometimes she and I would sort of talk about this kind of stuff and she would minimize my feelings and, and wasn't very good at like validating the way that I felt about stuff. Right. Um, and so then I felt like she just doesn't have any idea what it's like. She just obviously doesn't understand what it's been like to not have been able to work at your job, to not have any childcare for months and months and months on end, um, to not have the option to like work from home, none of that stuff, right? She was in a job where she was already doing an office job, so she could transfer over to doing from uh, from homework. And her child is not school age, so as soon as daycare is opened again midsummer last year, he would have gone back to daycare, and so she has had childcare for like that whole time. And I was like, oh yeah. That's tough. That is tough when, when someone who is in your similar position to you, similar life stage, all that, can't relate. But then not only can't relate, but also kind of makes you feel like shit for feeling like shit <laughs> when the way that you feel is completely valid, which, by the way, my therapist has completely, um, you know, uh, validated me, essentially. She has said to me when I did end up going to my session, I have another one tomorrow, uh, you know, she said, like, the she she feels awful for women in my position, uh, women of young children who have had to step away from their careers and take that time off uh, without the option to do different um, because your hands are tied. And, and again, not only are you not able to pursue your career, but you're also being put in a position to deal with these sometimes unruly a-hole children who don't appreciate you for your entire day, and it's Groundhog Day every day. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Um, you know, it sucks. <laughs> like, it's not as if you're get being swept away and you're going off to fucking Hawaii on vacation or something. No, 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 no. You're going to live in literal hell. <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> I love my children. I really love my children. Um, but I, I honestly don't think that any parent who has been through this experience would say that, that this has been fun <laughs> or a good time for any of us. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. So I feel like I just had to talk about how it's okay to feel these things. I think that it's totally okay to feel a little jealous, a little envious. And 
and again, the part that that I think I struggle with the most is is feeling like I have to perform feeling happy for other women for accomplishing their shit. And that sucks because I don't want to be disingenuine in that I'm, I feel happy for you. Um, and I feel like I might've even said to someone at one point that like, I feel happy for you, but I feel sad for me. And I, I, like I said, I don't know if I've actually said that out loud, but if I have, I'm sorry, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. Um, my judgment has been clouded by the fact that that I can get so down on my own exp- my own life and my own situation and in my own pity party that I'm not always able to see that how I'm projecting my feelings onto other people is not fair to them. You can't do anything about your situation being objectively perhaps better than mine. And so this is something that I also really want to bring up is that uh, again, people like these, these women who are talking on social media about their, their accomplishments, you know, sharing that they've been promoted or they've got their dream job or whatever during this time. Um, those are snippets of their life. That's a snippet of what their experience has been. They may not feel comfortable sharing all of the garbage that's gone on. And some of them do. And sometimes, you know, I see those things and then I go, oh yeah, that's right. Their life sucks too. That's one small part of their life that's that's good right now. And they might choose to highlight that because that makes them feel better um, about all the, <laughs> all the other stuff that really sucks. Um, and so I'm trying to remind myself to, to be mindful that everybody's experience right now is awful. It's awful in its own way. And it doesn't mean that everything is awful. It just means that there's a lot of awful and maybe a little bit of like a glimmer of hope, like a promotion at your job or getting a job that you really wanted. And, um, so, and so similarly, you know, I try to remind myself about this, this other woman too, the the difference being that her and I have had interactions with each other and she seems to have fared just fine with the motherhood aspect. Well, I don't know, like there are, but again, (laughs) we're not close friends and she hasn't confided anything in me necessarily. So it's not as if I do actually have any clearer picture of her life. And it might be just like a coping strategy for her to be like, oh yeah, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Oh yeah, that's, that, that sucks, but there's this, or, you know, like try to, to try to turn the narrative around. Um, because you know, maybe that's what helps her feel better, um, about the crap in her life that's going on. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm going through all this, this stuff. Um, and this is something that has stood out to me as being the biggest problem that I have is, and, and it's actually maybe want to get off of social media several times in the last few months, because I start to recognize in myself, these negative feelings towards other people and a little bit of negative self-talk, but it's not even so much negative self-talk as it is not like, so again, so if I see someone's like, oh, I got this job or I got this promotion or, you know, look at me go, I'm a boss babe, which I got problems with that, but whatever, different, different subject. Um, it makes me go, oh, oh, 
I just don't even want to see that right now. <laughs> I don't I don't want to look at this. Well, good for you. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel not good. And I know that that's a reflection of my situation. It's a reflective of a reflection of how I feel and my life not being amazing. Um but it's not to say that that person's life isn't terrible in other ways that they're just not telling you about or they're not sharing on social media. Um, but I was thinking about this duetted video that I saw. I feel like somebody shared it on Instagram or something. And it was about, oh man, I wish I'd saved it now and I could I could share it or read it or something. But um, it was basically saying that Women who can't be happy for other women's success are ugly people, that they're just the bad kind of people, you know. And and I, I was watching this and I was going, I see what they're saying. And I think that that's not necessarily untrue, that like people who have a pattern of behavior where they can't be happy for others' successes are just negative people. But I think there's there's a nuance there, like with all things. Um, because I was thinking about myself and thinking how I've been having a hard time being happy for other women in their successes. And I don't think of myself as being a negative person or a bad person, uh, but just that I'm experiencing something that is is um, very, very difficult for me to do to go through. Um, and because of my experience, it's clouding that ability to be happy for others. And it's not something that I'm going to permanently feel this way, but it's just I'm stuck in this feeling for a little while. Again, like it's been over a year now of waiting around for an opportunity to go back to work. And I'm starting to feel much better because I am getting in the field. So for context today, um, today's Tuesday the day that I'm recording this, we were scheduled to be in the field five days this week, but Sunday, the forecast for the weather on Monday was like a 90% chance of rain. So they called Monday off uh, on Sunday. And then today we went out and the, it was still forecasting rain, but it didn't look like it would be as much, but it was. So it had been raining all morning. It was too wet. So they called the, the day once we got to site. And so, you know, we still get paid for like a couple hours or whatever for the day having, because we went out there. Um, and then tomorrow we'll try again and hopefully we get a, a day of work in tomorrow. But, but, and, you know, on one hand, like last year when that sort of thing happened to me, um, it would be very upsetting because I didn't know when the next time was that I would get to go to work. I didn't know if I would have another opportunity to get out in the field again. And it was at times, well, for the most part, it was I was getting out one day a week, if that. So it wasn't like I had the next day to look forward to or the next day. I'd have to wait at least another week before I had another chance. And like and there was more than one time I had to miss work because we had a potential COVID exposure and I had to go get tested and then I couldn't go. And it was just, uh, it was a lot. But so knowing that there is a job, waiting for me whenever the weather turns around <laughs> that for whatever reason it, it makes me feel better it makes I just I just know that it's there and that I'm going to continue to have the opportunity to keep trying to get out there and keep trying to do the thing that I enjoy doing um and so I'm starting to I'm starting to feel like okay I feel better about things I feel better about 
other people also advancing in their careers because now I'm able to resume some sort of advancement in my life. Um, and I don't know what any of this means. You know, I should ask my therapist when I see her again about this, uh, about this whole, um, this whole idea of, of being jealous of other people because of what they're accomplishing when I can't accomplish those things. But I, my guess is that she'll say this is a totally normal thing to be going through um, in such an unprecedented time. And, uh, and that coupled with the fact that there is a lot of, there are a lot of women, there's a lot of narrative around women being working moms and uh, going after their careers. And for me, again, like I said, like I was really amped about going back to work in my career track job and finding and striking that balance of my life and my work. Um, and now I feel like in some ways, I feel like I don't have as much control over that kind of stuff. For some reason, I feel I don't know, like it's, it's, it feels harder to lay down those boundaries now than it was last year. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know, but like I said, I have started to notice that I'm not feeling as, uh, jealous or envious of other people as they're progressing through their careers, because I know that there is work for me on the near, on the horizon in the near future, um, you know, as early as tomorrow, I'll be out doing my job and that feels really nice. And so this is also kind of just the transition of going back to work. It's also really helpful for me because Nick is staying home with Emmeline while I go to work because obviously she's off school and he's able right now, his project is winding down and he doesn't have as much to do. So he's able to really spend time with her. And that makes me feel better too, because something that I hadn't really considered was that I feel very nervous going back to work. I feel like I'm not ready in some ways. I think, well, I said to him too, I said to Nick, you know, part of me doesn't want to leave the house anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I just kind of want to, I want to do something from home. I just want to be here. I don't want to have to go. So there is a part of me that doesn't even really want to be in the field all that bad because I'm like, uh, I'd rather just stay home. Uh, if I could get a job that I could do from home, I'd be quite happy with that um, because that's become my new normal. That's what I'm used to now. It's been a year that I've been, any work that I do have, I do from home. Well, a little bit, a little bit of uh, administrative stuff in the office, but by and large, most of my time is spent here. So it's actually good, though, to, as an exercise to be getting out of the house to do stuff because it reminds me when I'm out there that I really love it and I do like being out of my house and that someday I will be doing a job again where I won't be staying home all the time. And so, you know, that, that whole concept of like getting outside of your comfort zone, uh, where home has become the comfort zone, because again, I spend so much of my time at home. Um, even like when I was going to visit my mom last week, uh, we went almost every day, Emily and I, I started to feel like anxious about going over there. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to go over there. I wanted to stay home. Anyway, that's again, another whole topic that I can, I can talk about at some point. Um, yeah. So I guess what I really want to say here is it's important that we are conscious about how we feel about things. And I think 
I would advocate that feeling jealous and feeling envious aren't inherently bad. I think it's just how you handle those feelings. It's how you address them and confront them and own them. And if there is something to be done, you know, you take those actions. This is something that I think part of the reason I struggled with this so much is because there was so little that I could do to make my situation any better. This is why I started doing things like the podcast and taking on the committee work and any any of the things that I could find that would get me in a position where I could be doing something other than just being a mother. Um, I love being a mom. I love my children so much, but it is not... 100% the only thing that I, I am able, like, I'm not able to do that 100% of the time. It is not good for me or my kids, by extension, for me to be just a mom. <laughs> but, and sorry, I don't mean to say that in a belittling kind of way. Like, that is some, for some mothers, it is the be all end all. And I'm so happy for you if that is. It is not for me. And I know that. And uh, again, like, I'm, I've been trying to work through this whole thing figuring out how I'm going to be able to understand and own what is happening and not have those big, ugly feelings rearing their heads so often. Um, but sometimes I think it is just a matter of, of going through the motions, going through those feelings and accepting them. And if you do feel like you need to get off of social media because you're seeing things that are upsetting you, all that stuff, do what you got to do, right? I didn't end up going off of social media because, like I said in my last episode, I've been kind of trying to focus more on growing an audience there. And so I've done some work with myself on when I see the things that upset me, I sit with it. And I ask myself some questions like, why is that upsetting you? What can you do to work through that feeling? Is it really about them or is it about you? You know, and just kind of, again, being very conscious of the fact that this is the feeling that comes up for me. That helps a lot. It does help me um, to, to not put that energy so much on other people. And again, this is because when I had that experience with the girl in the meeting, um, I realized that I, I wasn't really in control of myself as much as, um, as much as I thought I was, because I don't really remember the things that I said, but I know that they weren't positive because I could see by her responses she was becoming uncomfortable by it and she was unsure of how to respond. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm, I'm not on a good track here. <laughs> so then I, I, I mean, I, I sent her an email to apologize later to say, you know, like, I'm sorry if I put things on you that didn't, I didn't need to, to do that to you. Um, and then I, I got in touch with my, my counselor after and I said, like, we got to talk about this stuff because obviously I'm going through something here and it needs to be explored. So that's my my advice for you, if you're experiencing something along this line, which I don't blame you if you are, I think that you're totally within the norm, um, you know, seek help if you need it. Do what you have to do to protect yourself if you really feel like things are upsetting you on social media or anywhere in your life, really. Um, take care of yourself first. And if you can, try to confront those feelings. If you're feeling sad or hopeless, those sort of things, try to explore it a little bit if you can. If you need 
you know, I totally don't think that you should be doing this on your own if you don't feel strong enough to, but if you can, um, for me anyway, it's, it's been helpful to, to do an exploration of what the feelings are, why are they there, um, what does it relate to, to myself and my own situation, is it about the other person or is it about me, um, because actually I'll give you an example, there was a, a girl, I went to high school with her. I never really liked her all that much. I always found like she seemed a bit like a bit of a mean person, just like not a nice person, genuinely not nice. Um, but she has a, a, a big platform on Instagram. She's a fitness coach or whatever. And she she posts some good content, frankly, on like marketing and fitness stuff. And so I followed her for years. And then in the winter, this past January, maybe, maybe a little bit further into the winter, uh, she lives in Mexico. She invited some girls down for like a retreat weekend. So, and I think these other women came from either the States or Canada. Um, and they had like a three-day retreat and stuff. And I was like, sorry, my nose just whistled. <laughs> um, but she did this and I don't know this for sure, but like there's almost no chance that they did any kind of quarantine period. I mean, they obviously didn't, didn't do it going to Mexico because they were only there for three days. I don't know if they did it when they went back home again, but my problem was actually going to Mexico without doing the necessary, taking necessary precautions. Um, but it just, it upset me in a way that I was like, this is a flagrant disregard for the country that you live in and the people that you live with in your country and the people of the from the country that those women are coming from all of you got together and decided that this was a good idea right now it is not a good idea and so I had unfollowed her and part of me felt like I was jealous because they got to go on a vacation when everybody else is locked down but but I realized that actually it was mostly upsetting because it was so disrespectful um it was such a awful idea. And I was like, I can't condone that by continuing to follow you. So anyway, things like that, I am happy to put boundaries up and I have no problem with it. And I, and I feel like I'm starting to get better at figuring out what things I'm actually genuinely jealous about and what things are just upsetting. Um, sorry, further example on that though, because last year at this time when we were fully locked down, um, especially like the late March, early April period, um, there were a lot of people in Australia who weren't locked down or they, even when they were, they still had access to beaches. And I was genuinely jealous and envious and had very ugly feelings towards those people because I desperately wanted to be out of my house, not stuck inside. It was miserable weather-wise outside. Like that was a time when I and I actually did get off of social media for a brief period just so that I could get away from that energy because it was like they were rubbing salt in the wound. Anyway, so things like that. Again, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with those feelings, but it's the problem is when you project them onto other people and we make other people responsible for the way that you feel about something. So it's important to own those things, to understand what they're rooted in, and then be able to work your way out from there. Um, and again, you don't have to like, you don't have to bury them, you don't have to ignore them, but by owning them and accepting them, sometimes it makes it a little easier to pass through them. Anyway, I am going to leave it there. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to try my next episode. I'm going to try to record answering questions about archaeology, doing archaeology and all that stuff. Um, I get a lot of common questions, so I'm going to answer some of those initially. Um, But if you have specific questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, please let me know. Um, And I am happy to answer whatever I can. Uh, I have a question box on my Instagram right now as well. That is uh, at K-L-A-K. It's my initials spelled out phonetically, so it's K-A-Y-E-L-E-H-K-A-Y. I'll put it in the notes for you if you want to submit your question. Um, And uh, we will... Oh, I guess this this podcast is going to come out this episode after. But anyway, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes... I don't use my brain. <laughs> Hi. Okay. I did finish this episode, but some things have happened since I finished it up, and I'm just coming back in to add some stuff before my outro, so bear with me for a minute here. Uh, two things have happened that have, have, I need to add before I, I post this. First of all, I did see my therapist after I recorded the, the episode, and she kind of confirmed or affirmed for me that the way that I was viewing these emotions and going about dealing with it was very productive and um, an, an emotionally intelligent way to do it. Um, and that's where I got the title for the episode, Name It to Tame It. That's her phrase that she says to me. She's like, you got to name it to tame it um, in order to confront feelings and deal with them and move past them and move through them. You have to be able to name and identify them. And so it's great that I'm able to do that. So that was good. Um, The other thing that's happened is actually quite sad and and it speaks to my commentary about uh, taking everything with a grain of salt, not expecting that what we see on the surface or what someone tells or shows us um, in their life is the full picture, because that is exactly what I've learned is the case for the woman that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, about the promotion through work and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's turned out that I found out that she was pregnant and I thought, oh, okay, well that makes sense why she would step off the committee. Cause obviously if she's getting promoted and she's pregnant and blah, 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 that's a lot. But on top of that, she also received a devastating diagnosis of stage four breast cancer. And that is primarily why she is taking a leave from work and why she stepped off of our committee. And there are lots of details about this that I'm not going to share because it's not my story to tell, um, but just suffice it to say that this is basically the worst case scenario for someone I've ever known. And I was over here being petty and thinking about my own career and my own life, and clearly this person is going through something earth-shattering and something that I could never have fathomed or understood. And so this is just the reminder that we have to be mindful that we don't know what's going on in everyone's life. We don't know what's going on even sometimes in our closest friend's life or lives or our colleagues' lives. We just don't know. And so when we're taking stock of our relationships with people and uh, how we perceive them, we have to understand that there are always going to be things that we simply are not privy to in our evaluation and calculation of those people and those relationships. So anyway, thank you again for joining me. I will create a little template for my Instagram account to say this episode is out. I would be so grateful if you could share it on your platform if you're on Instagram. 
If not, you could leave a rating or a review on the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And otherwise, you can reach out to me through any of the means that I outline in my show notes. And um, I look forward to hearing from you if you have some input that you would like to put in. So uh, thank you again for joining me. I'm always grateful for you listening. And I will see you in the next one.